face, that smirk right there. You turning my moments into a joke, while him saying that this is your yard, well, this is my show, week in and week out. I'm the one working here, not you and not you. And then there's you. You think you're left out of this? You don't know what to do. You don't know whether to cheer or boo John Cena. You don't know whether to cheer or boo Roman Reigns. I'm curious, who do you think that affects? You think that affects John Cena? You think that affects Roman Reigns? No, it affects me, the only champion in this ring. The person who deserves to be in the main event each and every night of Monday Night Raw, SummerSlam, or WrestleMania. And I am sick, I am sick of not getting the respect I deserve. Your shirt says, respect, earn it. I've earned it for 12 damn years. Where is my moment? Your client chose not to score, Chad. That's very disappointing to me. It's very disappointing to me. So I want to tell you something face to face, man to man. I'm just a guy. I understand that. And this is just between me and you. Something very bad is going to happen to you. Joe, you're crowded. Listen, 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 listen. I'm going to wrap my arm around your throat. And you're going to feel it tight. Say he wants Heyman to take a message back to Lesnar. This is Brock's future. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and I am flying solo at the moment because, of course, the boy himself, the absolute boy, the custodian, the janitor, Josh Custodio... Uh, he is in Japan. He he was at Wrestle Kingdom last night. I could not be more jealous of him right now as somebody uh, who bought a New Japan World subscription to watch this show. Uh, if you have not seen this show yet, I strongly recommend that you do, top to bottom. It was just a magical card, spectacular action. Uh, you know, uh, Blake Murphy for Vice 
called it one of the deepest cards in memory, uh, top to bottom, and, and I cannot disagree with that. Just pure quality from beginning to end. We are going to be talking very much in depth about Wrestle Kingdom 12 next week on the show when Josh and my roommate Mike are back from Japan uh, having had floor seats to watch this pay-per-view. It was spectacular. We're going to be talking all about that next week, but in the meantime, uh, it is part two, round two of uh, our best of the year slash worst of the year. It's our 2017 year in review show. Uh, you can catch part one, which dropped uh, last weekend. I know came out probably on New Year's Eve, so if you missed it, you might want to head on back and, and catch the first half of this, uh, but there's still a number of big, big awards left to be given out, and we're going to do that right here, right now. It's me, myself, Justin Morissette, uh, Josh Custodio as well, and joining us is Caitlin Hotchkiss at Crusada on Twitter. Uh, and without further ado, uh, Josh, take it away, would you? Round two, fight! Guys, well, we're going to open this one up here with uh, another fun one. We're going to eulogize the career of uh, a wrestler whose career died this year. I would be shocked <laughs> if we didn't all pick the same wrestler. Okay, who, who, well, we'll let you start this one then, Jamie. I told you I was going to have to bury one of my beloveds. Oh, is this that? You know that I have been a fan and I have been a, a staunch defender, even in the face of your cruel cold criticism who is this dearly beloved we have gathered here today to mourn the loss of the career of Dolph Ziggler <laughs> oh yeah I'm here to show the world I'm here to show the world that his career is simply done at this point there is there is no role th that I can believe him in and there are too many people coming up from NXT who do things like better than he can at this point and it is really, really upsetting for me to have to say that because when I did get back into wrestling in 2012, he was one of my immediate favorites. Right, it yeah. was hard not to get on board with him in that era, kind of. Uh, that, I think that's around the time that he's with AJ and Biggie. If not 2012, then maybe shortly yeah, afterwards. Yeah, just after. Um, and just something super compelling and, and charismatic about him as a presence on that show when I was watching back then. Uh, and somebody who I was absolutely thrilled to see get this career moment. You finally get to be the break glass in case of emergency star who is your sole survivor eliminating a team of heels in a massive Survivor Series match. That was fantastic. And then since then, it basically the downward point for him was getting absolutely clowned in that Royal Rumble that Roman won, the one where oh, Kane and yeah. Big Show just destroyed every possible babyface you would want to root for that wasn't Roman. Yeah. I mean, Dean suffered from that as well, but Dean was able to bounce back. To me, Dolph never recovered from that. That's a good point, yeah. And it has only gotten worse and worse for him. And yeah, I, I've been a defender for a long time, but at this point, I, I just think he's done. Rest in peace. It hurts yep. me to say that. Rest in peace. Ladies and gentlemen, I stand before you today. We are gathered here to uh, mourn, or maybe not in this instance, the... The untimely actions that led to the career downfall of one Richard Swan, a man who thought perhaps we couldn't handle it. His career went into a swan dive. 
If you will. Jesus. <laughs> 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 hey, don't uh, boo me when we're talking about Rich Swan. I was booing Rich Swan. Okay, thank you. Because, it's, it, folks, as we found out now... Maybe I stand to look very stupid in two weeks here, because like we said, we are recording this before the end of the year. This was somewhat breaking news, what, yesterday, I think? Yeah, last night. Yep. Last night. That Rich Swan is an alleged, at this point, domestic abuser. Is that right to say? I know WWE has suspended him until yeah. further action. Yeah, arrested for battery and... False imprisonment. False imprisonment. Yeah. He locked his wife in a car with her, with him against her will. Yeah, I, I don't want to joke around too much about this. This is obviously incredibly unsavory behavior, stuff that WWE needs to distance itself from. I hope that no indies pick up on this guy and they let him... Uh, and it, it is, like, really tragic because... You know, I I often get invested in wrestlers whose real life stories make them oh, like yeah. actual yeah, real exactly. life this baby is what faces. Makes it so like that's partly why I'm so into Roderick Strong and Rich Swan, a guy just like that who had you know a, a really awful upbringing, a, a extremely difficult childhood, and has like said as much on television that like. Wrestling saved my life. Yeah. And it's hard not to cheer for someone with a story like that. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more, and Justin. It just absolutely broke my heart last night. And this sounds so baseline to say, and you can call me an idiot for it, but that on television he's just this happy, dancing, high-flyer baby face. <laughs> and it is he's about the antithesis of who you would suspect might do actions like this. Like, he is the beaming, smiling, happiest guy with the most upbeat music. And that he did this is uh, colossally disappointing. So rest in peace to the career of Rich Swan. I hope no one employs him. His mugshot looks like a completely different person. Yeah, I, I, that struck me as well, yeah. yeah. Um, but if it, you know, again, a, a, a terrible upbringing, that just makes the fall all that much worse, that you feel invested in this guy finally getting some success. So... Uh, it's, uh, I am only eulogizing his career because I do hope it's over. And to all of you small indies out there, even if you might sell a few tickets off his back, don't do it. No deals with the devil for your boy. Yeah, please don't. Um, I'm knocking on this wood table here. I've not been to a lot of funerals in my life. Oh, so it's I, Ikea. I, I think it's made of sawdust. Oh, uh, shit. Well, I oh, guess it we're... just collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, my knee. Um... <laughs> I'm going to go with Justin's answer as well. Uh, Dolph Ziggler. It's too yeah. bad. He's too bad. Uh, <laughs> he I, does suck he's shit. so bad. <laughs> Again, another time this year when I would hit the mute button any time he showed up on my television. The mimicking the entrances. The being a whiny asshole about nobody appreciating oh, him. I really actually did like his heel work in the Nakamura feud. In that like... I, I Yeah, I didn't what, mind that. What he did to be a heel was just be like wrestling outside of WWE does not exist and WWE yeah. fans were fucking furious yeah. about that. There's something wonderful in that whole thing. But yeah, he's tried to adapt his heel persona to every new opponent he's had. Nothing's it, hit. No, Nothing has worked. flopped big it's, time. It's just... At this point, he's just the old horse that you take out to the pasture and shoot and die. There's nothing left. I don't nothing even like left. him as the gatekeeper for these NXT guys anymore. What like if I he could... joined Bludgeon Brothers? Ooh. I, I think... Did, did you or a listener pitch like a dark Dolph Ziggler a while ago? No, like... I, I did Zack Ryder. Oh, oh, was that... Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Listen, I want Dolph Ziggler to try to join the Bludgeon Brothers and then Rowan and just hits him with his giant bludgeon. ass. That's, yeah. how, that's so, how he's written off of television. <laughs> he's the first guy to take the hammers, like it's, a double yeah. hammer shot. It's like the, uh, the, the, the fucking storm... 
tying to the train tracks moment <laughs> in TNA. <laughs> except they write Dolph Ziggler off of television by just setting him down on like an anvil. And then they both squash his head with hammers. A man who said he was too good lays before us in pain. And then their hammers are just stained with blood going forward. <laughs> it's very PG. I'm yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, what I'm asking for, for the kids. Is, yeah. Do you remember when uh, the live sex celebration of uh, Lita and Edge? Yep. Yeah. I want that, except it's a live sacrifice done by Eric Rowan no, and no, Luke no. Harper. It's, it's filmed out in the woods like all of their segments <laughs> have been prior. And we see Dolph. He's like up on the chopping block. His head is on like a piece of wood or an oh, anvil or whatever. This is and good, they yeah. go to swing the hammer. Yeah. And right before the hammer hits, we cut to a lower angle that's like beneath the chopping block and just like red slime <laughs> down the Do you mean wood. the acidic viscous liquid? That's exactly what I'm talking about yep. i think he meant barbecue sauce Fair. <laughs> yes we do know sauce. of course we all know that dolph ziggler's <laughs> body is full <laughs> of barbecue <laughs> sauce that's th- that explains a lot actually oh no <laughs> that does explain why he's so afraid of barbecue all right let's move on to the next one here we're gonna talk about the tag team of the year caitlin why don't you kick us off to this one uh this might be a weird choice but i'm gonna try and justify it my tag team of the year is the young bucks Ooh. Not necessarily because of their in-ring work, because I think we can all admit that they're they just spam the same spots repeatedly. They're not in-ring technicians. They're not exactly the best workers out there, but they have charisma, and they have parlayed that charisma into a pop culture disruptive phenomenon. To the fact that Hot Topic has sold out of all their shirts, all their merch. They're just ridiculous. They're like multi-millionaires by now. I mean, they have me as a 30-year-old planning trips to the mall to visit Hot Topic. Yep. Yeah. I'm not a 16-year-old boy anymore. I do not like think <laughs> yeah, that I it's a fun topic. time to spend an afternoon at the mall. But I, I do you know, want to go buy some some uh, Bullet Club shirts, and yeah. they're, they're probably the biggest reason. So why. I guess you know my, my like, they're a tag team of the year for me, not necessarily for the work, but for the fact that they are a cultural phenomenon. And they're so successful. I, I don't think they're a cultural phenomenon, but they're unbelievably successful. That, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, like in if you ask people on the street, I don't think anybody knows the Young Bucks. Do you guys? Mm. Bullet Club, Bullet Club, more than Young Bucks. Yeah, I mean, when I wear my Villain Club shirt out on the street, I get people doing like the wing flap at me. That's because Skrull is the king. I, I get some. Whoop, whoop. I get some two sweets in my direction. Okay. I have to think if people know who Marty Skrull is, that they know who the Young Bucks yeah. are too. Well, Marty Skrull is much better. Yeah. Uh, Jmo. Yes. Tell me who your tag team of the year is. My tag team of the year is a very surprising choice. I this honestly could also go under most improved 2017 because if you told me at the beginning of the year that this is my number one tag team of the year better than the revival better than diy better than the new day better than the usos revival were injured i would have been like you're crazy get on out of here but i have to pick authors of pain they had too many just blow away matches this year you know pretty much every single takeover this year was defined by the tag team title matches and they're a big reason why you know they they started out when they got thrown into that mix as the guys who had to be carried to good matches by your diys by even your tm61s if you really want to go that far i'm so glad they're not around but they are closing out this year as a team that is 
utterly shocking to me that they are not on the main roster at this point. Yeah. Because they just disappeared off of NXT television even for like two months before they were like, no, let's throw them into this War Games match. That's probably better than anything we have for them on the main roster. And they were awesome in that War Games match. And They've I, been awesome in everything yep. this year. This is a good pick. They, they have been reliably awesome. Consistently excellent. And man, like I've said it before, but you can just tell that Paul Ellering is having the fucking time of his <laughs> life riding shotgun with those guys right now. There's nothing not to like about them. And uh, it's just really stunning how far they've come. They're going to tear it up when they hit the main roster whenever they do. Do you think uh, Raw after Mania, they're up? Um, maybe even before then. Yeah. Honestly, I, I I think this upcoming takeover should probably be their last. What do you think, Caitlin? Are they up soon? Uh, I think so as well, yeah. Because they, yeah. they need more tag teams. Yeah, they Raw. Really do. Raw I, I think SmackDown's in good health, but Raw needs... SmackDown is almost entirely tag yeah. teams right SmackDown's now. tag team division feels like it's title scene to me. But yeah. Raw's heel tag teams is suffering. You need more. They just... Uh, yeah, they, have, they need... Say yeah! They don't need that. They definitely do need the revival. I, I'm just not. I you don't like the revival? I think, I, I think if, you might be aware of that, yeah. yeah I think if both Wilder... Takes Young Bucks' tag team of the year that shits on the revival. That's jarring, what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. take. If, if Wilder and Dawson can stay healthy throughout this year, they're probably my pick for tag team of the year. They have to. They're just too proven at too good. They're actually too good. Yeah. It's too bad they're too good. Yeah. It's too bad they're injured because they're too good. And it's too bad that they're not here to show the world how good they are. (laughs) All day, all night. Yes, exactly. Uh, My tag team of the year, uh, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't said before. I felt like this was the, unfortunately, I'm picking the plain answer here. A little bit like Justin, I'm... I would have. I just can't imagine last year at this time thinking that this would have been my tag team of the year. In fact, I don't know that I've done a turnaround in wrestling ever as much as I've done on these guys because the Usos used to be one of my least favorite things to watch on WWE television. When it was just them wrestling Goldust and Stardust for, I think it was around four years straight, uh, I was extremely not into that. When they were the John Cena of tag teams. Yeah, effectively. All the neon and the paint. Just, and, and, they were, and even then, they weren't bad wrestlers. It was just like so plain. But find me not just a tag team, but an act that this year had more consistency in every segment. They redefined their promo style. I, I I am still impressed by the constant trading promos that they do on SmackDown. It's extremely impressive to me. They don't slip up. Doing that and not slipping up is is unbelievable. And then the track record of matches. I mean, uh, to a point, I feel like they've become undeniable. Well, I don't love the Usos characters or, or what have you. I, I can't. I think they're the best tag team on Earth right now. I really do. It's- Besides, once the Revival's back. But I'm saying for this year... No one had a more impressive year in tag team wrestling to me than the Usos. It's that classic WWE thing of, like, not having a character until you turn heel. And then your character developing so much as a heel that you become a babyface again because people are just cannot help but but cheer for you. And that's exactly what they went through this year. They are basically closing out the year as babyfaces, despite the fact that they never explicitly turned. People just cannot deny that they are excellent at this point. It's really true. Uh, so as, as surprising as it is to me, the Usos are my tag team of the year. So so there you go. Uh, I think I'm opening up this one. It's uh, the worst feud of the year. <laughs> God, there were a lot. There were, and I hope you two could, could name some of the other ones because I, I had a bit of a battle here. But th- this one involved um, a lot. There was a lot of terrible here. Uh, I'm going with 
Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. This was a feud that when it was when it was obvious that these two were going to feud, I think people had some optimism towards. Where it was like, okay, they Big both time. have some uh, supernaturalism. They can, you know, yeah, might, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, there's demons. There's, exactly. Yeah, there, there's there's some legs to this. And what we got, I mean, here I'm just gonna ask you two something. Mm-hmm. What was the worst visual in that feud? Sister Abigail. So when Bray Wyatt is. Half is or old. maybe Pumpkin Man. Pump, I think Pumpkin Spice Demon was my pick. Pumpkin Spice horrific. Demon, also terrible. Finn being covered in the, the viscous I liked liquid. that, actually. I thought that segment was pretty good. I, I did not. I'm going to I'm gonna stand for that. Okay, for sure. but, but I think we can read that there are multiple parts of this feud that you can be like, Awful. that was so bad. But the matches were fine, you know. But fine isn't enough in modern-day WWE for in-ring. It just isn't. In-rings come to a level where if you are serviceable or good, it's it's not enough. I think that's a shame in some ways. I like both of them as workers, but yeah, this was a combination where both guys went into the feud like hoping. I think a lot of people, like you said, the fans were hoping even that this would re-spark both characters. And ultimately, they both came out of it completely dead. Consider this. It's Bray Wyatt's worst feud. And this guy's been in, like, I, I think it's worse than the Orton feud. Yeah. Because, like you said, the front half of it's so good. But, I mean, Bray Wyatt's been in some More than the front half, even. Like, you have to remember that that Orton-Wyatt feud lasted for yeah. eight months. Forever. Yeah. And at least six and a half of those months were very good. A lot of it was great. So, so I'm going uh, Bray Wyatt, Finn Balor, worst feud of the year. Jamo, why don't you hit me with yours? Uh, it is another feud where both people kind of needed a boost going in and came out of it cold uh though you know we are seeing that there is life after death for bray wyatt with this matt hardy feud and there's hopefully some life after death for finn balor as well in this case i'm picking a feud that happened much earlier in the year i think this was probably may or so that this came to a head and i don't think either character has been able to recover in the back half of the year i'm going with Alexa Bliss versus oh, Bailey yep. oh. as something that just yep. absolutely killed both characters. This is another one. This this is tied with mine, honestly. There's three that could have been this for me. Expand, what, what did you hate so much about this? I mean, uh, let's see. Where do you even begin? The Extreme Rules match with the kendo stick on a pole <laughs> is probably the biggest letdown of the year, both as from a match perspective. <laughs> it was an awful match. It was extremely short. It was only five minutes. And... <laughs> And two Bailey, minutes of that is Bailey's getting the shit beat out of her with a kendo. Possibly three minutes of it. It's like, is it's, Bailey getting extreme? Oh, we're gonna find out. Yeah, and then it's no. that, and that was the tease. And what we were left with was one of the worst matches of the year and one of the worst feuds of the year. Like you can even look at some of the individual promos. Alexa, someone that we can all agree probably should have been maybe in the mix for best on the mic when we did that sure. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's she's excellent as a promo, but that Bailey, this is your life segment Oof. died such a death that it was like, despite the fact that we know this person is great on the mic, we're not going to let her have promos for the next like month and a half. I think it might have even been longer. I feel like it's recently they started giving her the mic again. Yeah, and... Like, she's supposed to be the big bad on Raw still. Fuck, we are going on more than half of a year at this point with her in that role. And to me, she's never recovered from this feud. And Bailey, somebody that we all thought was going to be this can't-miss babyface sensation I in never the women's division. That. Well, shut your mouth. I was extremely Smart vocal. people did well, I think that. It looks like I was proven pretty correct. Blue, I don't know. You're a pretty big dumbass most <laughs> of the time. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, I'm very right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why Bailey has not translated on the main roster, but just like looking like a complete imbecile yeah. and a refusal to get extreme in that match and how badly that whole feud has just tainted her. To me, neither character has been able to recover. The problem for me with it and why I feel like it's uh, all of your points I extremely agree with. But if you're going to take Bailey and have her do that, and again, I, I don't think Bailey has any legs. I think it's a terrible promo. I think she had two really good matches. I've seen her walk to the ring. I think she has legs. Okay, very good joke. That was <laughs> good joke. Uh, but I think if you're going gargle to... gargle some water again? <laughs> that, was, that was a killer bit. Um, so what... what what really struck me is if you're going to do that to the Bailey character, I think you can as long as you rehab it. So in the rematch, if she realizes, okay, maybe I do need to – I don't need to be a bad person, but if I need to tap into this dark side once in a while, and if you can show her growing and learning to understand that, I'm cool with it. It's not evil to use a weapon in that situation. No. It's courageous. It's so, it's, so a, it's still a baby-faced thing to stand up for yourself. Yeah. But to just have her just get – shit kicked beaten literally beaten with a kendo stick and show like learn nothing it's like i, I just don't know what they're aiming for so i think a great pick justin Kayla, what terrible. You got? uh pretty recent for me uh dolph ziggler versus bobby Roode. yep there's number uh, three so dull just oh. like watching paint fucking dry it was awful. awful just awful i mean for one you have bobby Roode being a baby face which is not working on any level, in any capacity his whole shtick is that he's full of himself he's got his fun robes he's glorious it, it does not translate as a baby face. It just, it doesn't. Yeah. It's like they thought that that entrance was going to be so it over. It got him over, yeah. That it was going to do all of the work. Yes, and it just is causing him to fall on his ass because he's so dull. He's mini Triple H. It's awful. Ziggler, as we've eviscerated him already in this program tonight. I, I actually think Ziggler's been the worst half or was the worst half of that feud. Yeah, I would probably not. I probably wouldn't question that because it's just brutally bad. I, I I couldn't find anything redeeming in their matches, and it went on way too long. How long did they feud for? I feel like it was forever. I think it was a couple, maybe a decade, two yeah. and a half months or so. Uh, I just can't. Time lost all meaning when I'm trying to watch those two fights. So there's nobody I'd rather. That's see how we be. That's how we became unstuck in time. I was <laughs> watching that feud, actually. And what do we have? Clash of Champions is coming up. They're fighting with Corbin in the mix. Oh. It's exactly what everybody needs. Did you see the tweet on the Top Marks account? I for did. That? I did. So I wonder who sent that out. That was me. So I tweeted. I, I yes. So yes, I yes. tweet. I go, oh my God. Uh, Baron Corbin versus, or sorry, rather, Dolph Ziggler versus Bobby Roode again is my, or no, sorry, Baron Corbin versus Bobby Roode is my hell. Like, I just don't have any space for this. And I'm thinking, man, this is as bad as it gets. How could this get worse? And then the next week, it's like, Dolph, fuck me. They <laughs> added Dolph. I mean, this is this is the bottom of the bottom. Uh, I, I love that pick again. And it's weird for that one because I feel like when Ziggler's coming out and doing other people's entrances, there's probably somebody on the roster who could have made that work. I feel like there's something to that, but it just didn't work as him. Mm. Uh, and the crowd I, felt I don't think that anybody could have made that work because it's just too much dead space on television for him to drop the mic and walk to the back and everything to go black and then do it again and again. Here, and I'll again. pitch it to you as this, a Mizdow sort of thing where it's a comedy baby face coming out trying to find their character, mimicking people. Being I, st like, I still feel like the pacing was the problem, and there's no getting around that if you're going to have somebody walk into the backstage area and come back out again, again, and again, and again. Sure, yeah, um, yeah I think that's fair. You mentioned uh, Bobby Roode, though, as mini Triple H there. And I do want to mention a, an honorable mention, a, a contender for worst feud of the year. And that is Triple H with everyone that he started beef oh. with in the Survivor Series match. Oh. Yeah. 
Could we just Fair put, there's probably seven different options there. Awful. Yes. Let's get into some of the good stuff again. Huh? Oh, hell yeah. A little let's good stuff. It. You let's like the good it. stuff? Hey, yeah. let's get some good stuff going. The best feud of the year. Caitlin, we're going to start with you. What is your best feud of the year? It's got to be Samojo versus Brock Lesnar for me. Uh, the moment, and I don't remember what point of the feud it was, but the moment where we got Samoa Joe close up to Paul Heyman and telling him, that he's going to put the coquina clutch on him and just threatening him so quietly. I think that's night what's one of the it was of the feud. It, it really got me as being like, this is an insane moment that you don't see as far as character work is concerned. So that kicked it off for me. The backstage segments where they're sitting down having their interviews, Sorry. the ridiculous amount of venom and anger between the two of them, and the fact that Brock really sold for Joe. Yeah. You don't see Brock selling for jo- anybody, really. And you could kind of tell that he did see him as a legitimate performer, and it was going to be a good program. I can see them coming back to that, to be honest. I, I hope can see they do. that it really will happen again when they're both on the same page. So I was super into that feud. I would love to see more of it, for sure. Great choice. Madman? Feud of the year. Um, there's a couple contenders. I'm, I don't think... Uh, I don't know what you're picking, but I have a, a feeling about what it is. You I, probably and, know. And, and your runner-up is probably my runner-up as well. I want to give an honorable mention to Alistair Black and the Velveteen Dream because that was just so, so spectacular, as we have spoken at length about over the last month yeah, We really so. have talked about it a lot. Um, but I'm going to give a shout-out to what I think feels like the obvious choice here in some ways, but uh, really did a lot for both guys, and that is... Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. Yeah. The only complaint that you can have with this feud is that it was sometimes unclear who was supposed <laughs> to be the baby face and who was supposed to be the heel. But, like, in terms of just, you know, the most entertaining moments throughout the year, like I said earlier, Kevin Owens did get to get a number of them with the Festival of Friendship with headbutting Vince McMahon. But in terms of one feud that had a ton of amazing moments, that almost all of which were like, I guess not, actually. I was going to say we're part of matches. Some of them were, but most of them weren't, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is this one. You know, like, the they just got to do the coolest stuff on TV again and again and again. And both guys came out of it feeling extremely legitimate in that, you know, Braun Strowman at the end of that feud felt like what they've tried to force Roman Reigns yep. as forever, but this guy actually is. Yeah. And Roman comes out of it feeling like a genuine main event talent who is not being shoved to that level, but actually belongs there for the first time basically ever as well. So I have to give it to those guys. Yeah, and you can't sleep on the genuine great matches that those two were putting on. Absolutely. As well. Absolutely. Uh, it's, but yeah, I and I suspect you were right that your 1A and my 1B are flipped. Was your other one going to be mine, New Day versus Usos? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I. How long do you think New Day versus Usos ran, you two? Like, how, how many months do you think that they those two were feuding? Four or five? Yeah. Probably, yeah, five, probably. Yeah, yeah I was going to say something in the four or five realm. And at no point, and uh, I'd be happy to be called out as wrong on this, but at no point were those two interacting where I was bored. That is shocking. In an era where overexposure kills me in, at every corner, it feels like, to have these guys, how many promo battles did they have? How, how I mean, many? they even got to do a rap battle. And it was great. Sounds, it was so good. Which sounds like something that would be 
awful on WWE television, but yes, it was excellent. And and each match better than the last. I still don't know which my favorite of theirs is. I think it's the the pre-show SummerSlam one. But on a cell right up there, too. also great. Even the Sin the City SmackDown. Sin City SmackDown. Yeah. That, that's that was honestly what I was thinking about it. That one was the first one that came to mind. But th- these guys were reliably entertaining at a time that they needed to be. It elevated the SmackDown tag division to a degree that we're still seeing payoffs for. I like that it ended in a way that they just respect each other and they've gone their own ways. I like everything about it in my feud of the years, New Day Usos, but I really love both the ones you guys picked as well. Yeah. It's good. We moving on to the worst pay-per-view main event. I mean, I feel like it's hard to, like, we. this is when we really need to stress the fact that we're doing this before Clash of Champions, because (laughs) Uh, the the Clash of Champions main event is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura with Shane McMahon as the guest ref. That sounds like a SmackDown main event and not a pay-per-view main event. And maybe the drama of Shane and some inventive spots with Owens and Zayn can make this a a very good pay-per-view main. But, you know, it sounds bad on paper. We haven't seen it yet. We have at this point, but not when we're talking right now. Uh, But I think we're all going to have the same answer here. There's no way that you can pick anything else. Can we all say it at the same time? Yeah. Three. Wait, are we saying the pay-per-view name or the match? Uh, Maybe the match type. Ooh, oh wait, maybe not what if we're all? We're, oh, yeah, what if we're? Okay, what's your? Just say yours. The Punjabi prison match. No, 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 that was not my choice. No, it's no. got to be Punjabi prison for me. Player, uh, the Bollywood boys was, bump off the cage already excludes it from that just, title. Just the the prison itself is such a prohibitive structure in being able to even see what is happening yeah. in the match. It's illogical. Um, it's problematic for sure. And and that, you know, I did defend that Orton gender feud. I thought they had pretty good matches for the most part. But that was the worst one by far and you, you know, you get this great Kali comeback oh, yeah, which so leads dope. to absolutely nothing. He oh. never was on television again after that moment. Well, he spent up all of his walking that night. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Now, there's probably another option here, which is my runner-up, and I assume that one of you is going to take I- it. I felt like the obvious one here was Goldberg KO. That yeah, was that my, was mine. That yep. was my runner-up. Yeah. yeah. T- we all that, said it. For that to be the, the main event of a show Ugh. is... Bad. Disheartening. Uh, I would say very bad. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho both deserve better. Uh, Goldberg deserves to have never come back to WWE. Mm -hmm. I I literally wrote on my ballot here, Goldberg versus Owens or Orton versus Jinder Punjabi Prison because I was expecting... The both of you to say Punjabi Prison and I could have something that different. That would have been a big end. mistake. I don't even think Punjabi Prison would have been my second or third least favorite pay per view main event. Really? Yeah. Uh, Caitlin, you're also on the Goldberg KO I'm team? absolutely on that. Yeah. I just, yeah. it damaged KO. Like, I don't think KO suffered a lot of damages this year, but that was one of them. For sure. Because it was such a ridiculous fast squash. They built up the feud really well, from what I remember. Um, you know, fair, fair disclosure, I was blackout fucking drunk during Fast Lane. So oh, that happens. I did not. I'm, I mean, I'm actually okay that I didn't even see. If there was event. one pay per view to get blackout yes, drunk, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was well prepared to not watch this pay per view. Um, but I, I had at least some hope that K would have a bit of more of a fight, and there was just. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. Nothing. And it just let all the air out right at the end of an already shitty pay-per-view. It's, so. it's just to do that is so diminishing to your own television to basically say that these two guys in Owens and Jericho who have carried Raw on their backs indisputably uh-huh. for the last four and a half, five months. They are bums. 
they're getting bumped down to the title that you don't care about because for Mania, we need these two guys who never work, really, who are never on television. Why are you watching Raw when the number one program on TV all year is your U.S. title match at Mania? Yeah, uh, I, I really, really, yeah, I don't have much else to add to that, like you say. Protect horrible. the business. They did not in that Gotta moment. protect the business. All right, we're moving on. Most improved in 2017. Uh, I think I'm up for going first on this yep. one. Yep. Uh, Justin, you touched on a lot of the points I wanted to make here uh, earlier when you picked them as your best tag team. I think it's Authors of Pain. Uh, for guys that I think you have to hide in matches a little bit, uh, they were in... I'm not going to say what my match of the year is yet, but they were in a lot of matches I really liked this year, including just their one-on... Well, 2v2, because they're tag teams, but their tag singles match against DIY, the War Games match, the one with Revival is the triple threat. They, they were a part of things I really loved this year, uh, and I didn't see that coming. I think Authors of Pain are the most improved. How about you? I'm going to go with the Drifter. Elias! Ah. I am walking with Elias I see, I can see that. Because, uh, look, somebody who, to me, seemed doomed coming out of NXT. Mm. Like, that is not a gimmick that is going to translate. It, it wasn't even over in NXT. <laughs> yeah. he, had, he had heat, but he had, like, go-away heat. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they teased it out with him just kind of walking backstage and showing up and maybe being called out by Kurt Angle or Chris I sort of Jericho forgot about every that, yeah. so often was a great way to establish things before he finally, you know, came out. And, and he is a guy that I probably could have picked as well for my most likely to succeed in 2018 because I do think you're going to see Elias holding a title, whether it's the – it'll probably be the IC title next year. Yep. Uh, and I think he's ready for it. I think he's having good enough matches that, like, match quality is not a huge question mark for him right now. Underrated like it was matches. When he started out on the main roster, I think. Yep. You liked that Dean match. I yeah, wasn't I a big fan of it, but I do think I think the Balor match is good, too. He's gotten a lot better. The, both of the Balor matches were, were very good, and the Roman match recently was excellent as well. So he's a guy that can work. He's got the look that Vince likes, and he's, you know, I said this about Rusev Day earlier, but he's another guy on that kind of New Day cycle of being so loathed by the crowd for his heel songs, but that eventually is going to turn mm -hmm. to cheers because he is too entertaining for you to hate him yeah. forever. Totally. Yep. Caitlin, who improved this year? Uh, I think it was Braun Strowman. Yeah, because definitely. Because as a guy who started off in the PC and didn't really have a lot of indie, like he had no indie training, right? He just was a strong man. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he came up as a rosebud and then just this <laughs> hidden shitty figure in the Wyatt family, the fact that he's come up and he's slimmed down, he's gained more moves, he's Terminator fast, and had such great feuds and great, like actually okay promos. He's good on the mic. He's exactly what he needs to be, right? He's, he sounds perfect for what he is. So the fact that he's come up so quickly and become a main event attraction when we weren't really expecting... I don't think I was expecting him to be like a main eventer this year. No, so, I, I certainly wasn't. Uh, yeah, just the fact that he's improved to that point where you can put him in the main event and he's credible and people will watch him because he's horrifying. So, he, you know, it's... Yeah, just like that. I, I do think Braun Strowman was the most improved this year. I think that's a really yeah. good point. Uh, I think all of you picked very good improved people. Yeah, I mean... The weird thing about Braun, like, not being ex an expected main eventer is, like, that's pretty much where he got slotted in immediately at the beginning of the year. That's how the Rumble ends for him, yeah. basically, yeah. is being thrown into that title picture, and he never once looked out of place in it. No, to totally agree. If anything, the big failure of WWE <laughs> this year is sticking with the plan 
of Lesnar, Roman, and not having the stones to put the belt on Braun coming out of SummerSlam. Oh, I still really feel like they should have. That would be great. Guys, I have some great news for you. Which what? is? We're into the shit now. We got, we got, these are all big, big categories coming up here. Are you excited? It's a big oh. category feel. I like it. Has yeah. this, are we having fun so far? Yeah. Big time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm having fun too. Thanks for asking. Okay. It's, it's our New Year's house party where I'm popping bottles yeah. over here. Yeah. It's a great time. We've got so many friends, you know. We're I'm doing heroin. I don't think you can say that in Japan at the oh. moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to go to jail forever. In oh, man. <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah. I'm, I'm a much better host than if I've ever If the drugs been. don't kill you, Japanese prison will. Oh, man. Well, I... <laughs> Japanese prison match next pay-per-view. Speaking of Japanese prison matches, the next category is women's match of the year. Ooh. Um... We'll start with uh, yeah. you, young J-Mo. No, let's start with the woman in the room. Oh, that oh, makes a good look. Oh, thank lo- you. Is this ladies first on the ladies I, category? I think so, What a yeah. gentleman. And also, I think she picked the same thing as me, so I'm going to let her talk about it first. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go over it. I'll, I'll skim it then if you're No, no, no. It. You no. go on in detail. Um, I think, like, my women's match of the year was Nikki Cross versus Asuka, the last one standing match on NXT. I, it, yeah. I believe it was the first time they've had last women standing. Like, I don't think they've ever done that step before for a women's match. So, the fact that that feud came to a head with this incredibly brutal TV match, it wasn't even a pay-per-view. And, yeah. the, like, apron power bombs, suplexes onto chairs, got thrown through the commentary table. It, it was... All out knockdown fucking drag fight on a Wednesday night. The yeah. final five minutes of that match it was nuts. are like front to back fucking crazy. It was brutal. And I just, I was blown away. I have not seen a better women's match in any fed I've watched this year than that one. Nice. Sure. Yeah, I absolutely have to agree. That's the that's the number one standout in terms of uh, women's title matches on, on either of the I guess, you know, it's three brands at this point, but uh, nothing really jumps out on the main roster, Mm -hmm. which is super disappointing. You think about the matches that the women who are up on the main roster now, that we we talked about Sasha and Bailey earlier, like they were just having a dynamite match after dynamite match on TakeOver. And like on the main roster, they haven't even done that feud for one. It seems like it's constantly being teased as a future thing, but... You know, it's it's really disappointing, like, to even, we were talking about this before we started recording, how is it possible that Charlotte has not had a memorable, excellent match this year? That, that is jarring. Wacky. Like, that, that, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so uh, this was a, an episode of NXT that was very, very memorable and ended with one of Asuka's best matches in her entire Absolutely. run, I think. Yep. Uh, and that's a huge credit to Nikki Cross as well for, for being able to to hang in with her. Uh, yeah, I absolutely have to go with uh, that last woman standing match. It was outstanding. I'll be honest with the two of you. I, I really like that match, uh, but I had a, a hard time with this category. I didn't feel like there was something this year that just really stood out. I feel like for so many of these, we've all had, this was the one and two in my mind. I really had to split between... And I think that context is important in wrestling. So while that the Nikki Cross Oscar match I really liked, I don't know how much momentum that episode of NXT may had may have had leading into it. Whereas a takeover Orlando, Oscar rematched uh, Ember Moon, mm. and while I think maybe in a vacuum you two have a case that 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 is the better match than what I watched, but on such a a gangbusters takeover, just having I don't know if you two remember that, but Ember does the the dive between the it's very fast, it's very hard hitting. Oscar uh, ends up jumping into the Oscar lock at the very end. It, it it stood out even on a very good takeover. So I'm going with the rematch of Oscar and Ember Moon 
but I also really liked yours, and I didn't think that there was something this year that was – there wasn't like the uh, Bailey-Sasha, like nothing that just really clinched it for yeah, me this year. Enough. But I, I'm going to go with the Oscar Amber rematch. All right. Fine pick. Thank you. I think that was actually from Brooklyn 3, though. Oh, you're totally right. Sorry, what did I say? Would, Orlando would have been their first match. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the Brooklyn 3 one. Thanks, and a John. great match also. I, I do have to tip, a, tip the hat in that direction. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the spot of the year. Justin, you should be saying these. You have a way nicer voice than me. Spot of the year. Okay, maybe I'll say them and then you say them as you. In my Duke Nukem voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here, we're going to start. Okay, so I'll do it as me. Sure. Spot of the year. Spot of the year. Do you want to say it, Caitlin? No, I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you handle the funny voice. Yeah, we're doing great. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just why don't you start us out on this one? What's your spot of the year this year? Tipping the ambulance. Oh, hell yeah, player. I mean, there's there's some there's some real fine choices to be had here. Yeah. I think the superplex, Roddy Strong, uh, and um, Adam Cole, baby. Oh, off, the off top, the top of, the of the war games. Of yeah. the war games cage yeah. is a, is a big contender as hell well. Yeah. Probably. Shane doing the Hell in a Cell spot again, even though it's a repeat spot. I felt like Every time. adding a moving part to it and, and getting Zane to run in and pull Owens out of the way is like a kind of new layer of difficulty. Yeah. Because you, like, the angle that they did that was, like, underneath the table yes. almost looking up. And to you, hide Sammy. And you see Sammy coming in and make that grab in slow motion. It really gives you an idea of how precarious the timing on that really yeah. was. Shane's body crashing through off camera. But yeah. just, like, one of the greatest moments of the year. It has to be spot of the year. I'm not finished with you is probably the catchphrase of the year. It's mine. I love it. I wish she said it more. <laughs> Tipping that ambulance was just the the star making moment for Braun, and like he he was on that track already, but that really just pushed him into the stratosphere, and he has never looked back. Yeah, I that's a, a great. It does feel even now like an iconic moment of this year. I have uh, a a runner up here, kind of a. A failed spot of the year. Oh, okay. As well, yeah, well, if well, you go will. ahead and say it. Yes. Yeah, uh, something that I probably would have picked for spot of the year if it had played out anywhere close to the way we thought it might when I have it started no happening, and that is Enzo Amore oh. in the shark cage in <laughs> oh, the Battle of geez. the Bigs, taking his clothes off, greasing himself up, sliding out of the cage bars. <laughs> if he had jumped on Cass and cost him the match. And Big Show won, and Enzo got to come out on top of that feud as the victor, despite not actually of being course, in the yeah. match. That is a spot that we probably remember forever. That is probably a spot of the decade yeah. contender. Sure. Because, goodness gracious, we watched that uh, whole pay-per-view at the bar, yeah. and the entire bar was oh. losing its mind <laughs> when Enzo starts climbing out of that cage. It was so exciting. And not only does he not turn that escape into an offensive moment. He looks like maybe even a bigger idiot than <laughs> Bailey in the fucking kendo stick match by just kind of giving away the fact that he was escaping, dangling himself <laughs> out, and then dropping down to eat a big boot fucking instantly. Yeah. If, if he turns so that sad. into an offensive maneuver, that's the spot of the year as it is. Probably one of their biggest misfires of the year. Yeah, that was a big, big pile problem. of shit. Uh, my spot of the year uh, takes place in the triple threat tag match between uh, DIY, Revival, and the Authors of Pain. And it is when the 
oh, I have to get these names right. DIY and The Revival. One member from each team up, and they swap tag team finishers. So what that looks like is Dawson and Ciampa hit the double kicks, and Gargano and Wilder. Dash hit the shatter machine. It is so cool and such a peak that these teams who have battled – it's such amazing storytelling that these teams who have battled tooth and nail know each other so innately that when forced with the foe that they need to work together to defeat, they know how to do the other team's finisher. I was – we watched that together, didn't we, Jeff? Yeah, we were losing our minds. I was freaking out that so that I don't think anything topped that for me this year. That's my, my spot of the year, the swap finishers. That's a good pick. The Whoever helped you come up with that one deserves some credit, I think. I no. heard that guy's <laughs> actually very – Rude. <laughs> I don't, I'm not okay. Should we? I, I actually have an idea. Never yeah. mind. What? We're gonna do it later. Okay. <laughs> Kayla, what's your spot of the year? Uh, I'm gonna pick the spot from ROH World the World's Pay Per View, where it was the reveal that Marty Skrull's the new member of the Bullet Club, and oh, they yeah. also kicked Adam Cole out in one night. Uh, I think, like any of us who watch Being the Elite, kind of figured that Marty was gonna be the next member, so it was not a huge surprise. But I really enjoyed the fact that they had Kenny show up on the Jumbotron in this creepy video and I'm trying to remember if he said he had a line about something about being a hero or a villain and that's when Marty showed up with his umbrella with the Bullet Club logo right um and I was saying earlier that a friend of mine commented to Kenny about that and said well are you the hero or the villain and he replied I'm the narrator Uh, and that stuck with me for weeks like like what that's a great line absolutely that really adds to it so you know, the, the whole spectacle of that, the crowd was nuts. Adam Cole got murdered. Uh, he, it was ridiculous. It was a great moment of the year for me. Powerful yeah. Marty Skrull, the man. Yeah, yeah I thought villain. you might go for another Ring of Honor moment there. And that was the uh, return of the party Peacock to take on Cody Rhodes. That was a I know great you moment. That one I'm too. having a, I'm, I'm trying to keep calm because of his title shot uh, this week. So I'm going to be in a glass case of emotion for the entire match. <laughs> Anybody could beat Cody Rhodes at wrestling. Uh, it's on, fair I'm ve- already very nervous about this so can't even think about it can't talk about it it's hard guys before we get into our final big three the, mm-hmm. the pay-per-view of the year the wrestler of the year and our match of the year we're going to bring back a segment here okay okay, okay. Uh, we're going to bring back Josh and Justin's rumor corner. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. Excited for some rumors, boys. So uh, for the, now, Caitlin, you're welcome to join in if you've heard anything sort of on the streets, on the dirt sheets. You feel free it. to jump in it. on a rumor. Yeah. But uh, Justin, I think the streets have been talking. Would you agree? Ah, uh, the streets are always talking. So I just want to <laughs> come forth with uh, a couple rumors that that I've been hearing. Okay. Rumor has it. Justin. Yep. Caitlin. Yes. I heard that WrestleMania, maybe. In New Orleans next year. What? They're going back to the place that they call New Orleans. (laughs) Big, if true. That's big, if true. Justin, have you heard anything sort of on the streets? Uh, You know, yeah. I've put my my nose to the grindstone, put my ear to the concrete, as it were. Okay, all right. And rumor has it. Rumor has it! That (laughs) this past year... There were a lot of main roster pay-per-views. <laughs> the most there have ever been, maybe. <laughs> and almost none of them were good. <laughs> That's a good rumor. That That's what I've heard. The nice thing about rumors is they don't often happen in the past. Yes. Like, yeah. it's, but I, I like that one. Kayla, mm-hmm. have you heard anything? Sort of, I know you're connected on wrestling Twitter. Anything sort of popping up, bubbling to the uh, surface? I, okay, I think... I 
think I heard a rumor, guys. Oh, I'm not, okay. not sure. Rumor has but, it. But um, rumor has it that Noam Dar is, in fact, from Scotland. Whoa. Did you, do, you, do we think that might actually be true? I'm thinking. Nah, it doesn't. That one doesn't add up. No. It doesn't. Uh, I always thought it was sort of a take on uh, being yeah. Scottish. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I got another one. Oh, hang on. Okay, well, you okay? You go ahead, and then we're gonna. Close. I like her whisper voice. Yeah, well, it's, these are rumors. You can't. Yeah. You can't. It's, yeah. We have so few listeners that it's ineffectual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rumor has it. Rumor has it. I've heard, anyways. Oh, tell me, JMO, <laughs> that Noam Dar, <laughs> more lots about him, and Alicia Fox. We're never actually dating. Justin, what? stop it, Justin! That, that you're it crushing just, us. That it was just for TV. Justin, that please. They were trying to keep up appearances. They thought that it would like oh, be a big star-making moment for both of them. Justin, I can tell chemistry, so check your sources. Those two are probably married. <laughs> just what I heard. Okay. Just the rumors I've heard. Mine is also about the Scottish supernova Noam Dar. <laughs> this is the Noam Dar rumor corner. And I just want to say that that rumor has it. Now, I don't have this confirmed, but rumor has it, rumor has it. that him and Alicia Fox are married. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got one last one. No, Justin, the segment's <laughs> over, Justin. No, rumor has it. Rumor has it. I've heard anyways. <laughs> Tell me, Justin. Word on the street. Yeah. That when Dean Ambrose <laughs> missed Monday Night Raw a few weeks ago, Go ahead. it was because he was on his honeymoon. <laughs> no, that with is that true? Young. Is that true? I don't know. It's just what I've heard. Big if true. Yeah. Big big if true. That's what the dirt sheets are saying. Wow. Caitlin, did you hear anything else? Or are we, are we escaping? <laughs> We're pretty done, the rumors. Okay, yes. well, this has been another Josh and Justin's Rumor Corner. Rumor has it. All right, we're into our big three here, folks. This has gone off the rails. Oh, how how far into this are we? We're nearly two hours in. So this is going to be two episodes, I suspect. Yep, probably. So uh, if you're listening to this, welcome. You've made the journey, and you've arrived at the, the big three. This is uh, the, the most prestigious awards I know how to give. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Caitlin here. Caitlin, can you tell me? Yes. What was your favorite pay-per-view this year? Now, we do need to make it clear that uh, we had a discussion before we made our picks if takeovers would count. And we decided to allow them. And, of course, uh, big specials outside of WWE, whether it's New Japan or Ring of Honor, yeah. all count. At all. It's all in the running for pay-per-view of the year. Yeah. Wait, we should have just had you do the voice for the big three. The big three! <laughs> <laughs> that's a very nice yeah, that's voice. it right there. Um, I think we probably all kind of had the same one here. I'm going to say take over Houston. Because front to back, every match was great. Everything was fantastic. Everybody clicked. Not so much on the women's match. I think that might have been the weakest one. And But even that was amazing. Yeah. But we had, you know, we had a great championship title match. We had war games. We had Sullivan and Ono beating the shit out of each other. Uh, we had Dream and Black, which was one of my favorite matches of the year. Was that your favorite match on the card? Uh, I actually think it was, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was into that a whole lot. But And then we still had the championship match. And when they had war games, and it just... Everything was so good. I could not think of a better pay-per-view this year, a better takeover that they've done. So that's exactly what I would say straight up. My runner-up was Great Balls of Fire. Terrible name. Had an ambulance match. Joe versus Lesnar. Uh, we're not going to talk about the fact that Seth lost. And That tag match pretty good, too. Yeah, it was a very good, the, the what was it, the 20-minute? Iron, Iron Man match with the Half bar. hour, half hour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no way that the Hardys can last half an hour in 2017. And of course, but the best match on that card 
Heath Slater versus Kurt Hawkins. They yes. just like ignore it while the fights are going on. In the oh, back. I loved that. I loved when that happened. It was just such a great moment. I, I kind of came around on the Great Balls of Fire name by the end. I was kind of down with it. But the fact that it say Great Balls on every screenshot. I yeah, uh, I do. And love balls, the balls yeah. looked like balls, basically, and the streak of yes. fire looked like a big flaming cock. I don't know what you guys are. I don't know what you guys are implying about me, but uh, yes, I did love those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Um, I just I recently heard somebody say that Takeover War Games was like not even in the top five takeovers ever. What? It's just like a batshit insane take to me. That's not great. I may have heard that on uh, the Masked Man podcast over on the Ringer with David Shoemaker and whatever jabrones he has on week to week. Rumor has it. (laughs) (laughs) Rumor has it. (laughs) What do you have for best pay review of the year, Josh? I'm going to go right along with Caitlin. I I don't know that uh, I watched anything better wrestling-wise this year than TakeOver uh, War Games. And I'm sorry to just steal what you're saying, but for a lot of the same reasons. I do do always want to acknowledge that the TakeOver just have the benefit of pacing. It's five matches. It's Mm -hmm. two hours. You know what you're in for. And it goes by in such a blink. But even with all those considerations, even compared to only other TakeOvers, I thought this was magnificent. And, And while it wasn't my match of the card... I thought going out on that War Games match was just, it left such an impression on me. It felt like, what journey have we been on? I mean, that was, uh, what a colossal way. For for such a small, intimate event that these, I mean, relatively for WWE intimate events, that just felt like it was the main event of something huge and uh, so many stars born. Yeah, it's TakeOver War Games with me for a bullet. Young JMO, we're gonna go a clean sweep on this yes. one. It is Takeover it. War Games as the pay per view of the year for sure. I had a hard time honestly picking between this one and uh, Takeover Chicago, which yeah. I thought was outstanding as bait well. Bait and done, right? Yeah, bait and done on that card. The tag match on that card was spectacular as well. Yeah, a lot to like on both of those, but uh, I really do think honestly that War Games was the best Takeover of all time. Yep. and Takeovers consistently are the best shows of the year. I would probably pick TakeOver War Games as the best pay-per-view for a lot of years in recent years. Um, oh. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, there there was no real clear contender uh, from the main roster, honestly. Like, to me, if you look at last year, Money in the Bank 2016 is like the WrestleMania caliber card. Yep of that year and it seemed like they tried to do that load up and swing for the fences with no mercy with two basically wrestlemania caliber feuds in brock and braun and cena and roman but both of those matches fell completely flat yep uh honestly you and i went down the list of main roster uh pay-per-views the other night before you say it i wonder if caitlin could guess what we were sort of looking at what Okay, well, what is the best main roster pay per view? And Justin, I think we came up with kind of a surprising answer. Well, we? I, don't, I think I have a different pick than you. Oh, do you? Okay, yeah. if it was just main roster, yours would be great balls. Yeah, of fire, for sure. Right? Yeah. Just what? What was yours be? The Royal Rumble. Yeah, right. We did, were split on this. Yeah. Um, talk about the Rumble a little bit then for your second favorite. I, th- I thought that Owens and uh, Reigns match was great. You have Chris Jericho suspended above the ring. That was visually spectacular. Yeah. The match. Doesn't end in a clean finish, and Braun comes out and, and attacks Roman. But even that was awesome. And just, you know, 
Owens, again, continually escaping by the skin of his teeth time and time again. Uh, spectacular match there. Uh, you had, uh, of course, Cena and AJ with a match that I think is some people's match of the year. I think Mike's, maybe? Yeah. Uh, some people, there are a number of people, actually, who do think it's the best of the three matches that they had. I go SummerSlam, but I, I do really see that that was an excellent match as well. Uh, and the Rumble itself was a ton of fun, too. Yeah. Um, the only thing with that card is that uh, you get the club winning the tag team titles on the pre-show, <laughs> a match that I still have not seen to this day. <laughs> and it's a big reason why, if you asked me if the club have ever been tag team champions <laughs> in WWE... I would be inclined to say no, <laughs> even though they went into WrestleMania as champions. Yeah, that's shocking. Yeah, good point. Uh, I won't go too far into it, but for main roster, mine was Extreme Rules this year. A really dynamite main event. Uh, I like the Miz and Dean match. Of on course, love that Alexa Bailey match as I, we covered. Uh, yeah, just a disaster. <laughs> so but extreme. but uh, Neville and Austin Aries has the the really good finish. In that oh submission yeah, match the Red Neville Arrow and Austin Aries the... has a great match at uh, the Rumble as well. That's if I'm right. Not yeah. So. Again, I think sort of a, a, a weird year for main event, uh, or rather uh, main roster pay-per-views, but uh, those were the ones that stood out yeah. for, for us. Before we move on, yeah. though, this is not a category on our oh. list, but uh, I'm going to throw it out here. Hit me. What is our worst pay-per-view of the year? Fastlane. Fastlane. Fastlane for sure. Full sweep. <laughs> Full sweep. Yeah. Um, it's tough, though. You know, I do feel like we're not really giving this... Uh, a chance because I do feel like Clash of Champions could have been a paper. <laughs> I can't even get through it. <laughs> hang on, Justin. Uh, were you trying to? Could you hang on, Justin? Sincerely make the case that there's a chance that Clash of Champions could be pay per view of the year because you might look really smart in two weeks. No, I can't do it. <laughs> What's even on it outside the main event? I can't think of a single thing. Uh, well, of course we've got Rude, Ziggler, and Corbin. I guess we'll talk about it on the show this five week. star match. Yeah, we'll talk about it on the show this. No, week. it's not looking good. Yeah. I mean that tag match, the the four way tag team match. I am looking forward to that. Yep. Everything else though, Oy. Justin, can you please intro us to the wrestler of the year? Yes, it is time for you to pick your 2017 wrestler of the year. And JMO, you're up first for this one. I guess I am. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Braun Strowman. Yeah, Ooh. it was the year of Braun, basically. Yeah. There's to me no other real choice. I thought about AJ Styles just because this is kind of the year where they really made it official that he is carrying SmackDown. Obviously, got some help in in the uh, little exchange there with Kevin and Sammy coming over, and they certainly have helped that show a great deal. But I think it says a lot about AJ that they were going to move him over to Raw, and when he cut that promo the week before the swap and said, I don't want to go, this is my show, this is the house that AJ Styles built, and the fans reacted so enormously uh, that they just changed their mind entirely and were like, okay, actually, you, you stay here, <laughs> this is your show. Uh, but he didn't really have any blowaway feuds, and it seemed like everything that Braun was in this year like right through the year from beginning to end was the biggest, coolest thing constantly. I mean, you know, you call him most improved, call him whatever you want. To me, he's the best wrestler of 2017. Like a river, Justin, I will flow yeah. with you. I, I also think Bon Ron Ron was the the shining star this year and uh, not in a Puerto Rico sense, but he, he genuinely became, uh, you had touched on it earlier, what, what they had presented Roman Reigns as, this destroyer that the people love. 
that is Braun Strowman. Uh, I think that while he's not everybody's favorite wrestler, I think most people think he's very good, and I don't know why somebody would dislike him at this point. I don't know where he is two years from now. Like, it's an interesting character trajectory. But for 2017, I will always remember it as the year of Braun Strowman. How about you, Caitlin? Uh, I'm going to go Kevin Owens for my okay. wrestler of 2017. Yeah. Um, taking away the fact that he had a program with AJ Styles that was less than good. Like, actually, it was pretty terrible. <laughs> less than good, for sure. Um, the, He's getting a great feud out of Shane McMahon right now, which I didn't think was possible. He had the whole Festival of Friendship angle with Chris Jericho that was could have been the shocking moment of the year if I hadn't picked Ciampa. Um, there was, and I was saying there was this point after Chris notices, like, how come my name's on this? And it, it cuts to KO's face and it is just blank. There's nothing behind his eyes. It is absolutely terrifying. The fact that he understands his character on a level that no one else is working at right now in wrestling. Nobody's on Kevin Owens level. And it, cause like consistently good in the ring, great promos, great character guy. You can't go wrong with him. You got to go with KO like all the time. Kevin Owens. We didn't do a segment of the year category. No, but I, th- but I think we probably all would have gone Festival of Friendship. If it we was did. yeah, stunning. Uh, if I didn't go Festival of Friendship, I would have gone Headbutt. So you're looking at Kevin Owens either way, one exactly. way or the other. Yeah. So. Uh, which which speaks volumes. Yeah. Uh, but I probably would have gone Festival of Friendship. Yeah. Friendship the Magician. Before we move on oh. to our final category, I do believe that we have forgotten a category here. Ooh. I can't tell if you're I'm joking. Not, no, no, I'm not joking at all. And this was uh, a fan-nominated category uh, called Best Use of Chekhov's Table. Oh, Ooh. yes. Yeah, Craig Tamble. Yeah, like Chekhov's gun. A weapon introduced in the end, a table perhaps, uh, that is introduced at the very beginning and not used until the very end. So I, I did remember this, Yeah. Uh, and my phone is dead, so I'm not reading my sheet anymore. <laughs> but I did remember that I came up with an answer for that, so I thought we should do it before we, we do our big sure, yeah, match yeah. of the year, which is the, the last main category here. So what is your best use of Chekhov's table 2017? Oh, man. There's a couple that come to mind here, but I'm going to go with the, the New Day Usos Hell in a Cell match. Uh, the the table that they set up in the first 45 seconds is it. Oh, wait, am I mixing up the two You matches? are, because I think you're stealing my choice here, but you're not uh, properly labeling Hang on, them. which one's yours? This is uh, New Day Usos Sin City Street yeah, Fight. Yeah, this is the main event. On right. the big SmackDown. Shit. Not even the main event, dude. This was a stacked show. It was a SmackDown oh, yeah. that may as well have been a pay-per-view. What was the, the main event on that? Uh, it was the the Vince sh- um, oh, right. and Owens showdown. We, uh, we got together, and all, everybody here for SmackDown. Yeah, sorry. It is that That is the match. That is the spot. They, it's not they, the Hell in a they Cell. They set up that table on the outside uh probably like you said in the first 40 seconds and then do so much stuff in the meantime that you completely forget it's there yeah and it, the match ends with uh either jimmy or jay who fucking knows oh i think it was uh, yeah i have no idea getting pushed off the top rope through that table i feel like there was probably a pretty good one in the owens roman rumble match as well but I, I might remember. just be mixing that up with the owens ambrose rumble match from the year before do you have one for this caitlin I had a hard time thinking of one. I probably couldn't, but I want to give Kevin Owens the Chekhov's Table Lifetime Achievement Award. Okay, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. he is famous for setting up really crazy chair contraptions or horrifying 
apparatus on the outside of the ring, and then he always ends up going through them. Absolutely did yeah. that yep. this year multiple yep. times. Yep. He, and he said on Talk is Jericho, I, I attended last year, and he said that that is actually really what he does as his trade, one of his trademarks, unfortunately. He said, I don't know. It always works out so badly for me. I plan it so well. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, so that's I'll give him that award for sure. All right, a quick little detour there. Now it is time that we head to our main event of the evening. Who is your match of the year 2017? Ah, oh, Justin, I'm freaking out! <laughs> you just like had a look on your face like the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> where it's just like a multicolor zoom in on the guy. Just, ah. <laughs> That's how I feel. That was a hell of an intro. Yeah. yeah, very exciting. I'm glad we blew the momentum by laughing about it. <laughs> 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 Me too. Typical WWE fashion. Yeah. yeah. Great build. What are we doing well, now? Well, here, do you want to do it again and then I'll just say mine? What is your match of the year? Just 2017. Oh, Justin. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> My match of the year for this year, it, it happened early and there was, oh, man, was it? Was it ever a good year for matches? I mean, thinking of a top 10 this year, I feel like it would be difficult if you can include things that aren't just WWE. But ultimately, Justin, you watched it sitting in here with me. I think it's the most that I... I don't want to use the word disbelief, but just like really primal. Like, oh my god, this is so high level. And that is DIY versus the Authors of Pain versus The Revival. In, in a tag team triple threat match at TakeOver. It it was also my spot of the year, the the swapped finishers, you'll recall. But you also have the superplex to the floor. You have the double submission spot. You have the entire dynamic of the Revival being such scumbags that they know they need DIY to help them take out Authors of Pain. But every single time one author is down, the Revival instantly try to turn on DIY. You have all four of those guys combining to put just one author through a table. It, it, who doesn't get... It gets... Somebody who knows nothing about any of the performers in that match can watch that match and fully understand what the story is, why these guys are doing it, and that they weave in and out of, uh, they go back to old DIY revival spots and it shows blinks of their feud and it builds up the Authors of Pain as just these Goliaths that can't be touched. There was nothing else I liked as much as this this year. It is. I don't think there was anything last year that I liked this much, and we'll see what next year has in store. I love this match. It's one of my favorite matches ever, and it is a very deserving match of the year. Very good. Caitlin. Uh, I'm going to go Aleister Black versus Velveteen Dream. Ooh. Yeah, because that was everything I want to see in a wrestling match. Yeah. It was entertaining, great spots, great character work, crazy hot crowd, fast-paced, all the hits. It was storytelling at the finest I've seen this year between the two of them. Entirely character-driven. Yes, a perfect culmination for the feud they've had. Told the story in a way that I didn't think that, you know... Not to knock Velveteen Dream, he's just getting so good so quickly, but I didn't think he could operate on that level. And it blew me away that he just lit up the entire ring. He, like, he could have won that match. Oh, yeah. He absolutely oh, could have yeah. won that match. The crowd wanted him to win that match. And the fact that we were all kind of on edge about that, like, are they actually going to pull that? Is Alistair the sure pick here? And the, the spot at the end with the saying the name, I think we, we kind of knew it was going to come, and but then it did, and it was still a incredibly powerful moment that put over both guys like dream lost, but he still got put over at the end with that little moment. And, and ultimately yeah. it's one of those rare moments where 
if you go back with the benefit of hindsight, you can see that this entire feud has been built to this finish point where we get what we expected. He's going to say his name yeah. like he always wanted, and both guys are going to come out like like winners, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's by design that we got there, but even though you can kind of feel it coming all along, it still felt like a huge moment when yeah. it happened. And that's so rare in wrestling when so often so many things that happen are just so predictable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd also like to say a sleeper for spot of the years in that match when they, so they do the, the callback to their first meeting where Alistair goes to do the planchette of the outside but sees Velveteen Dream coming to do that slither back into the ring like when they first met and he rolls backwards to meet him as this callback. That, that was tremendous and, and was a sleeper for me for, for spot of the year so I love that choice the ultimate compliment that I can give that match is that I watched that special in the middle of the night when I was dead dog tired having worked since 7am that morning and I could not really stay awake for a lot of that card I was kind of flittering in and out of consciousness during the women's match my eyes were occasionally closed during Lars Sullivan and, and uh, Cassius Ono. I did go back and watch the show entirely in yeah, a fully conscious enough. state the next day. But despite how tired I was watching it that first time, I could not take my eyes off the screen for the entirety of that match. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. absolutely yep. exhausted. That is like the highest compliment I can pay. It was so electric. Yeah. I couldn't look away. Yeah. That's and my I, choice. I guess that leaves me yeah. with match of the year. And I'm going to go with, I think, the other obvious contender as far as um, things that went down within the WWE system this year. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, the UK title match. Mm-hmm. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne at uh, TakeOver Chicago. You know, you mentioned the fact that anyone who hasn't seen DIY or The Revival or Authors of Pain can watch that. Uh, tag triple threat and instantly know everything that they need to know about those teams. I think you have to give that compliment and then even more so to what Bate and Dunn were able to do in that match because for, I would think, the majority of the viewing audience, it is an impossible ask to think that you know anybody in that building or you know even three quarters of the people watching at home, uh, it, you would assume none of them had seen the UK tag or the UK title tournament. Yeah. Like I I just never, I didn't even watch it. And I am a fucking sucker for things like the cruiserweight classic and the May young, you know, like I didn't watch that tournament on the network. And I still like, that was basically about as cold of an intro as you can possibly have to a big high profile match Two guys that most people watching literally have no idea of, even if they are dedicated viewers of the product week in and week out. And you know everything you need to know about them, both as characters and wrestlers throughout that match. I think there are just so many things that go down in that that you have to commend. So many incredible spots and and false finishes that you are really biting on. Like every kick out is such an enormously dramatic moment which is so often not the case. And for it to start out basically as like a chain wrestling match initially yeah. as they kind of feel each other out and do all of this like very traditional stuff that you don't often see anymore. And it and it works, not in just like kind of an old school kitschy appeal. It just generally, genuinely is a very compelling, 
all of the test of strength spots, which are usually like super boring oh, things so that you do in the very early stages of a match for pacing reasons, it all works. It connects from front to back and just, you know, I I want to pick a one-on-one match as my best match of the year because that's the wrestling that I enjoy the most. And there's not a lot of things to pick from WWE-wise. You know, I'm sure there's people screaming at their stereo right now, how can you not pick any one of the Omega Okada matches? I'll tell you how. That none of them are Omega's best singles match this year. <laughs> Ooh, that's a... That's and Naito kicks the shit out of any of the three of them. That is wow. a, a red hot Very take. bold. Eat me. Yeah. Um, so, I said it on the show earlier, too. Yeah, Bait and Done is my match of the year. I love it. I love both the matches you guys picked are sincere favorites of mine from the year, too. Uh, and, and do you guys agree, like, a year with a crop of just many great matches? Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, as we as I was thinking about it as, you know, the day went on, the evening went on. It is as, the evening. As we are, are doing this, so many options for, like, the worst things of the year kind of jumped out at me because I realized that Emelina was actually happening oh, yeah. in the calendar year oh, of 2017. Right. Yeah. For like yeah. 8,000 weeks. I probably could have picked that for the thing that challenged my suspension of disbelief <laughs> yeah. the most. But uh, overall, you know, a lot of uh, bad stuff to pick from as we've gone over over the course of the last couple hours. But just a great year for wrestling, even though there weren't a lot of like high watermarks to choose from. Yeah. On the main roster, and as we said, most pay-per-views this year, especially for main roster WWE, were on the disappointing side. Most of the main events, though, outside of you know Goldberg and, and Owens and the Punjabi prison, did deliver. Um, a lot of the ones that I wasn't expecting to even. That Hell in a Cell match with Shane and Owens was oh. just excellent. Mm-hmm. For those two 40, guys to go yeah, nearly yeah. 40 minutes together, incredible. Just a, a real fine year of wrestling in 2017. And of course, 2017 as a year in wrestling, going to be most remembered as the year of top marks. Oh man, I, I would like Justin. Before we get into the true sentimentality, we forgot one other bonus question. We did. Well, not forgot, but was saved for the very end. Oh, what? Justin, we got uh, a question, a category recommended for us to say what our co-host's worst take was of the year. Love it. Uh, and while we did not do this in the meat of it, I felt like, oh, maybe that would... But It's the sweet dessert. That's exactly that right. Before we get to be sentimental about what a great time it was doing this show... We shit on each the other. the course of the year, we just go for the jugular right now. That- and our co-host's worst take <laughs> of 2017! But, but Justin, what we have here, which is interesting, is we have a third impartial party yeah. who can actually tell us who brought the worst take to the show. I'm into it. Yeah, you're going to mediate this dispute. Okay. Okay. So, so uh, you go ahead first, Justin, and tell me what my worst take this year was. Uh, there were a handful to choose from, honestly. <laughs> you know, anytime you open your mouth about Seth Rollins, it's, it's yeah. kind of one of your worst takes ever. Agreed. But there was one in particular yeah, when okay. you were trying to drag down uh, Seth Rollins and saying that he's a chump with no charisma. Uh, you compared him to Cesaro. <laughs> yeah, I knew this. And you said that Cesaro <laughs> has no charisma, yeah. which is an utterly insane thing to say for for basically the only man in WWE who can make you care about him entirely through the physical magnetism of his wrestling. 
You know, for yeah. so many people, the reasons that you're invested are character reasons. For Cesaro, it's because you love him as a worker and you cannot take your eyes off of him when he is in the ring. And for that reason, how can you fucking say that he has no <laughs> Someone that you can't take your eyes off of, that you can't stop watching, has zero charisma. What a fucking insane take, <laughs> you utter maniac. So now, do I Point respond to fair. that or do I just say yours? No, I think you can respond to that. Okay. Yeah, Cesaro is your charisma. Okay. So now, oh, 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 doubling down. So now, so now I will say yours. Because charisma to be being a captivating figure in ring is not what I mean by charisma. I mean a certain connection to the audience when even you're doing, you're doing nada, like star power, uh, a, an innate magnetism without doing anything. Uh, Cesaro has... Zero. Oh, but when he rips his suit off, the fucking uh, to crowd what be goes, a lifeguard? Yeah, so the, confused shit on earth. The crowd loves. Oh it. yeah, they really. With, but when that siren hits, they go mental. They love his wrestling, bud. They. I love his wrestling. Also, I think he has zero charisma. I love his wrestling. Okay, your worst take this year, Justin. Are you ready? I already know what it is. Yeah, because you know it sucks. Because <laughs> no, I know it's right, and I know I'm uh, on an island unto myself on this one, and that's okay because sometimes. When you know you're right, it's okay to be alone because you're gonna you're gonna prove the world wrong. And I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. <laughs> yeah, much like Dolph Ziggler, that you're Hideo about Tommy is fucking great. Much like Dolph Ziggler, you're about to get exposed as a shitty worker. <laughs> that's that's what's happening. Oh man! Wow! Much like this uh, is harsh. So Justin. Uh, if you recall, uh, in the WWE, there's a man named Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm, yes. Nakamura has had what uh, I could call a tumultuous year. One I th- had, you know, higher expectations for, but through his NXT run, I was, I, you, you will stand beside me. I was getting destroyed for people saying, I was saying, hey, I don't know about this Nakamura. He doesn't seem to be doing too good. People call me crazy. He gets to the main roster and has something of a, a disappointing, lackluster year. We all agree to that, right? Oh, yeah. Somebody, I believe, called it the worst push of the year. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Mean, someone might have. Yeah, somebody might have said that. And, and hey, I, a reasonable answer. But I think a lot of the frustration surrounding that is because people go, wow, what a star Nakamura could be. People, they go, wow, this guy, he has, you want to talk charisma, I mean, coming out of his ears. This is a man who who has done things at a super high end. This is a guy who is, we, we've seen at the highest level succeed. This is a man with an extremely high ceiling. I don't know about that. Justin Morissette claimed on this program. Well, first I did it. it. Let me get all mine out. I let you get yours out. I did it in private amongst our friends first. And then you did it on the show. And then you forced me to do it on the show. Do you stand by this opinion? Yeah, absolutely okay. I do. So so Nakamura, people disappointed to no end that, that he hasn't achieved the ceilings we've seen him and know that he's capable of getting. Justin comes on here, throws on the old headset. You know, he's four dubs in, six beer deep as per usual. I'm trying to hold the thing together. He goes, you know what, kid? Hideo Itami has a higher ceiling than Shinsuke Nakamura. And it's true. That is... An insane position to hold. I like Hideo Itami. I think in-ring, rock solid. I think he's a better heel than anybody thought he was going to be. I think that he is, you know, his English is coming along. He can promo in some capacity. But th- to say that his ceiling, you think that the, the, the heights that they could reach are not only equivalent, but in your words, way higher than Nakamura are the ramblings of a crazy person who has never watched wrestling before. I, I believe my exact words were, if he got the same opportunities 
as Shinsuke Nakamura, he would do more with them and deliver better, which ultimately means that he would have a higher ceiling because he would be a bigger success. And I do not think that that is disputable after you've spent, you know, a certain amount of time over the last two and a half hours telling me what an utter waste and disappointment <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura is. But it's because now, we know his ceiling is so high. But that's because he gets the chances to do those things. If Hideo Itami got put into a main roster, important main event level feud, he would deliver the goods because he is excellent. This is great content. He's an excellent heel. He's a very solid babyface, and he is a tremendous ring worker. All he's missing is the big flashbang entrance that everyone <laughs> sings along with. But if you gave him the chances to be in a title program, if you gave him the chances to be the important character that Nakamura has been on WWE television, he would do better. And that is what I mean by higher ceiling. And I feel like that is not crazy. It's the goddamn truth. <laughs> Caitlin, what is the worst take? Cesaro has zero charisma, or Hideo Itami has a higher ceiling than Shinsuke Nakamura? Oh, I'm on the hot seat now, guys. Um, Joshua, you're wrong. There we go, Justin. You won. I had the worst hot take this year. Cesaro's got tons of charisma. She didn't what tell me won? I was right, though. So can you do that also? Do you think Hideo Itami <laughs> has a higher ceiling than Shinsuke Nakamura? No. <laughs> You're both fucking wrong. Well, there's no winners here. And Justin, after screaming at you, giving you the finger, some some loathsome, I want to thank you. Uh, because this show is a, a tremendous source of joy in my life. Uh, again, I've said multiple times on the show, I have no fucking idea how to do this, how it happens. Uh, I just talk into this thing, and then a couple days later, shit howdy tweets are coming in that the show's out. Uh, so uh, as sincere as I can... Thank you very much, and I love doing this show. If you are a listener to this show, the the trip that it gives me doing this and like interacting warms my fucking heart week in and week out, and I want to thank you also extremely much. I want to say how jealous I am of you, Josh, that you get like all of the in-person listener interactions. It's always <laughs> yeah. you're out and about at a bar or fucking buying groceries, and someone's like, hey, Tom! It's happened twice. <laughs> and they come up and they like shake your hand and they couldn't be happier to meet you. Yeah. I want that experience in my life. Yeah. Until that happens, I will never be satisfied. <laughs> so hopefully in 2018. Guys, if you see Justin on the street, say hello. He's yeah. Like, Where's the... Yeah. Don't say love your work on Sportsnet 650. Don't say real good show. Excellent work there. Yeah, that stuff all Please sucks. tell me that Top Marks is the best wrestling podcast in the goddamn world because it would mean a lot to me to hear that. And My motherfucker, uh, it is. And you know what? Josh, I really have enjoyed doing this with you over the course of the year as well. And, uh, you know, this has been the year of uh, the good friends because we didn't even meet in person until the Royal Rumble. That's shocking. You just invited me to come to your Rumble party as a stranger off of Twitter. And, Caitlin, that is what you basically That's were why I'm here. Yeah, as well. Twitter brings us all together. So I guess we have to thank Twitter. As and, a trash file, it's not And thank we have you. to thank wrestling yeah. because these are the things that unite us and what wonderful friendships we've been able to build as a result of it. So a little heartfelt cup of kindness yet for you to head off into that starry night. Enjoy your 2018. Enjoy professional wrestling be loud and proud and public about it because if you are passionate about the things that you love and not ashamed of them 
you attract like-minded people and that is why all three of us get to be in this room and have such a great time together right now so great yeah, point very yeah. good Kayla cannot... thanks so much for coming on too yeah, thank you for having me guys it was a lot of fun nope. a lot of fun nope. we don't have fun like this in Toronto so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> point to Vancouver nobody has fun like this in the big smoke and nobody calls it the big smoke either <laughs> not <laughs> at all I'm gonna call it the big smoke no not at all <laughs> but most importantly folks until you hear our voices again be hot be spicy. Taste great. Because you're Curry Man! What? 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 Titus Worldwide! I really think your upstairs neighbors did not appreciate that. Yeah, they, he loves Titus Worldwide. Don't you worry about that. Titus Worldwide!